The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. We can finally, once and for all, find out what happened with Judas Priest. Whether they broke up by themselves or they were pushed out by outside forces like uh, the government. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. And we're rolling. What's up, dude? I am just uh, hanging out in the old uh, Creed Bubicon. But I am I, I'm I'm sitting in the street because okay, I'm back in L.A. at uh-huh. my sister's place. They're both working from home. Her and her girlfriend. So I'm out in the car. I just watched a squirrel <laughs> fully parkour, like from a roof to a tree, but like a five foot gap. Damn. And then that's not that's not under like a firm that's on like a flimsy branch. Them ballsy squirrels around here. Oh yeah, they're nuts, man. Very acrobatic. Anyway, how, how are you? So, you, how are you so you're rec- you're recording you're recording in the Jeep. I'm in the I'm in the the, the <laughs> creep the creep the creep strangler. Creep oh strangler, man, that's funny. Bubicon model. Rubicon edition. <laughs> so, what are you doing in L.A.? You went to retrieve the the Rubicon. Yeah, I had to go get my Jeep out of this Russian's driveway. I had it stashed in. <laughs> I really, I was, I was not sure it was going to be there. I'll be honest. There's some app called. <laughs> there, there's an app called Neighbor, which I did not know uh-huh. of. I was just looking for like vehicle storage, and uh, it's just like it's like Airbnb, but for your car, and it's, it's wow. if somebody has extra driveway like i saw one dude was like renting out the street in front of his house i'm like i had to mess i'm like man how the fuck you gonna rent out street parking (laughs) yes you park here no problem it's okay it was yeah but so this guy he just had a driveway there's a truck going by because i'm sitting in the car uh I'm, I'm like, oh, I get out there, and it is the smallest spot where, like, thank God I had a Jeep because I had to go, like, off the driveway into the yard a little bit. And then I, <laughs> I was like, I'll see if it's still there, and I'm texting with this guy through the app. I get there, and the battery was dead in the Jeep, which that's not, that wasn't a big deal. I mean, it's sat there for two months uh-huh. without being started. But... <laughs> Like, I got to borrow jumper cables from his neighbor who's just some, like, burnout party animal sitting on a lawn chair on his roof drinking a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. What part of town was that where your Jeep was at? Oh, little something. You know when... (laughs) You know the neighborhoods neighborhoods east of Hollywood start breaking off and all sound like Mm -hmm. like potential rappers? Like Little Armenia? Little Bangladesh. Yeah, Little Little Armenia. Armenia. Or something over there. But, well, so, so far, so good. I mean, like, I had a car cover on it. It looks like it was fine. I thought I left it empty. I thought I parked it with an empty tank, and it was full when I picked it up. So I've, Uh-oh. They, maybe they uh, maybe they Ferris Bueller'd it. I don't know. Huh. That's that's odd. But when I think back, I think I did. I think I must have. Oh, okay. Fill it up. So so hopefully hopefully this audio quality is tolerable. To the listeners, <laughs> that's this dude scraping his gate open here. But yeah, so that's what. So you dro- That's what I'm doing. You drove down from uh, Oregon. Yeah, man, drove down in a rented Nissan Sentra with a bike. How long with, that with take a bike you? and a bike rack jammed into the car because it didn't have a tow hitch. Because uh-huh. I was putting it back on the Jeep. Dude, it took like it was like 
It's a 14-hour drive. It took me 20 hours mm-hmm. of stops. I couldn't put the seat back. I think I fucked my back up for a good long while. Just taking 20-minute uh-huh. upright naps. Ugh. Dude. That's a haul. Uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty brain dead when I got here, but... we it's an, it's an uneventful drive. You know the five. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Northern California and Oregon's kind of pretty, but I, I got through there at night. So, you know, the stars were nice, and it was foggy and spooky. And uh, kind of listened to some troop crime podcasts that were just... They were all right. Some of them, man. I don't know if you're listening to, like... One, it was just, it was just about a guy who was a child molester, and it was just like God damn! Like, were you like, why am I listening to this? Yeah, like no no real twist, just relentless pedophilia. <laughs> relentless pedophilia. <laughs> no, I know what you mean though. Like, so I watch. I don't listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, but I watch a lot of true crime shows, and why is, sometimes it's just why is murder just, easier. Why is murder easier to digest? Oh, I thought you meant to commit. I was going to say, well, that's obvious. <laughs> you know, no one's going to no one's going to talk about I it. I can kill a bitch, <laughs> but I could never violate her body sexually. That's just reprehensible. I don't know why I'm that is a southern black man. <laughs> when I'm that, that <laughs> no, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, why is yeah? Because murder theoretically is the most serious crime but uh yeah that's that's a little more digestible than maybe it's the idea that you you don't get to know about the victim's pain because they're deceased so psychologically Mm -hmm. you're like oh they're gone so whatever they were going through like is i don't don't know i mean that's yeah huh that was a joke that people get mad at they don't get mad they laugh and then they get mad when i talk about true crime podcasts and i talk about trying to do an all-rape podcast the joke's funny. I'm not going to do the joke now because I want you to understand that the joke's funny. But see, the subject mm-hmm. when you just say it out loud is horrible. <laughs> but I make it funny because I'm not a comedian. Well, and all rape, you know that. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. Just that nothing but rape. That's just such you know a my true category. crime podcast. Nothing but rape. <laughs> oh, that's bad. But oh, we should let. Let's go listen to murder, murder, murder. Yeah. Well, no, that that's, is, that's that a good question. Kind of joke there. Okay, so I ruined the joke. I mm-hmm. ruined the joke a little. <laughs> oh man, so you've uh, you've been down in LA for a couple days. You've been getting rad. I've been cheese dicking my way around the hill yesterday. I might go out again yeah. today. We'll see. I stayed up. I stayed up till five doing jack shit. Other than, oh, I'll, okay, I got a movie for you, Dave. Okay, I got a horror sci-fi movie. That we did, nice. ba- we did bad movie night last night, or like Netflix party. I don't know if you've done uh-huh. that. It's basically you watch a movie on Netflix, and then you send out a link. So like you, you airplay the movie on your TV, but next to it has like a comment section for you and whoever you sent the link to. Uh-huh. And it was pretty fun. So it's just you and your pals making jokes over text. You could just do it on a text message, but it pops up on the screen next to the movie while it's playing. Okay. And uh, it was recommended, a buddy recommended a movie called Splice. Have you heard of Splice? I, uh, is that from the late 90s? I, I remember seeing the, the video cover. Is it a female who's kind of an alien hybrid? Yes, but that could be a few movies. Yeah. There was a 90s yeah, I, movie I, that was 
the bigger one in, 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 okay. in species species was like the maybe one that. wasn't that like the hot Russian model lady yeah maybe that's what I'm thinking okay, of it's not that but it is you're close okay. damn these squirrels sponsor <laughs> these things um, this one featuring Oscar winner Adrian Brody and uh, and as uh, Actor turned director Sarah Polly, who I think has done like some pretty good like award winning films. Huh. I don't know if they both just needed to like pay for new Mercedes or something. I am perplexed at why they signed up. That for bad. Them. They are scientists who don't play by the rules, genetic scientists. Uh huh. They splice DNA, movies called Splice. Mm-hmm. And they make a creature that it looks like basically like when when you thought like what did you think Kentucky, like and this ties into the other thing we want to talk about what do you think Kentucky Fried Chicken looked like when you thought they had to change the name to KFC because they only had chicken pods and not real chickens? Yeah. Okay. That's Ugh. that's what the creature looked like. Okay. Some hairless. Sort of like, anyway, it turns into a lady, (laughs) and they keep it in a barn, (laughs) and also everybody fucks. (laughs) It is is so gnarly. (laughs) It is, I, I would have been angry if I watched it by myself, but... As far as a Netflix party goes, a real good time. Splice. Okay. Splice. It's dumb as shit, man. But I think <laughs> I think this Netflix party, that might be a good I wonder if like I don't know the uh, good idea. the diagnostics uh, of it exactly, but that could be a fun like Patreon thing of like having ten people to jump on a Netflix party. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That Which maybe be. I should stop yeah. talking about plans online, <laughs> and I should do it offline instead of promising shit like all this, we do. We have videoed stuff, everyone. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. Oh, that's just the so the, the same mediocre content, but you get to see it. Yeah, you get to see our dumb faces. Hmm. We got a good, right you got on, a good setup. You got a, you made a cute setup for you. It will, it will see the light oh, of day. Yeah. We just, uh, our editor's got uh, some projects on the burner. That's all right, so, man. We'll, we'll iron out all the kinks and, uh, yeah, but, man, jump on board. Yeah, but to go from the KFC question that I had, Dave, I believe. Uh, oh boy, there's some steamy oh. content out there that is pertinent <laughs> to your interests. I'm uh, reading a headline right now. Mario Lopez is hunky Colonel Sanders yes. in Lifetime KFC movie. What's the name of it? Uh, uh, a recipe for seduction. Oh, boy. I, oh, boy. So it's essentially fan fiction. I did. Did you watch that trailer? I know you sent me the trailer. I did. And it looks awful. I, uh, I think they know what they're doing. I thought this was a hard times headline. Um, 
I didn't think this was real. I thought this was some sort of spoof or parody. But, uh, yeah, uh, Lifetime and KFC revealed Monday that Mario Lopez will play Colonel Sanders in A Recipe for Seduction, which is being touted as a Lifetime original mini-movie, thank God, uh, presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Holy shit. Honestly, I think that's the smartest thing for them to do is lean it. Like, somebody (laughs) pitched it as a joke, and then, honestly, this is... What I'd like to see in Hollywood is taking a chance on the most ridiculous shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I give them that. You know, all the time playing it safe, doing remakes and lifetime is like fuckable Colonel Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) Who should play him? Anybody that'll say yes. Let's be honest. That's where we can't. I bet we can get Lopez. And I, yeah, he's at the top of that say yes list. And I, he, he doesn't say no to anything. And I got a I got a soft spot in my heart for for Mario Lopez because you know when you work the road a lot and you're just in hotels, he is yep. the only consistent face you see <laughs> when you yeah. turn on the yep. radio and it's Mario Lopez welcoming you to like the La Quinta Inn Suites <laughs> movie directory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes. did you see the uh the one sheet for it you see the poster here i didn't see the po- I, watched, he, I saw a trailer and i thought it was uh i think it's great man i think oh man the knockoffs He's are not gonna his, be fun <laughs> yeah they got him uh they got some uh they grade up his hair a little bit. He's got the Colonel Sanders soul patch and mustache. He's even got uh he's even, whatever that uh that weird black tie, that crisscross tie yeah, thing that Colonel yeah, Sanders wore. Yeah, but like wore. a very form-fitted yeah. shirt. Like he's not in the suit. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was just going to be like all the way in the suit and look ridiculous like now. Nah, he's fuckable. Yeah, yeah, he's got the guns blazing there with the tight shirt. When, yeah, man. How do you think they will work in the phrase "finger looking good"? <laughs> Surely they have to, it's, right? It's good because I mean, they worked in like the, well, the trailer. I'm not spoiling it because the trailer is all about they steal the secret herbs and spices recipe uh-huh. and the, yeah. the love interests. Husband clearly the and uh, the the bad guy is also banging her mom. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got all the things you want from a Lifetime movie, which I didn't know I wanted. Uh huh. And it's Colonel Sanders. Yeah, he's got thirteen herbs and spices in his pants. Some they're gonna oh, say boy. like, yeah, I don't know how dirty Lifetime's gonna go because the finger looking good can go real filthy. Uh huh. But you, they're gonna drop it in there. Yeah, I want to know who wrote this, and I want to just. Make sure they have work. <laughs> and who, I want to know whoever said yes to this at Lifetime. I commend Lifetime for being like, we make corny shit. You think we can't, you think we don't know what we do? How about this? Yeah. This is what you, I hope. Uh, I, I wish Comedy Central or somebody had enough of a sense of humor to do this kind of shit. I hope in a sex scene he asks her if she wants uh, original or extra crispy. Oh, man. That's. Either that or it's a fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> like he like the guy's attacking him and he puts his hand in the deep fryer. Oh boy. Yeah, man. Uh when is it? I think that comes out uh, the 13th. Did I read that correctly? So yeah, a few more days away. Only a few more days to wait until uh we get to see this gym. 
It's a, uh, they've confirmed it's a 15 minute mini movie. So. Oh, so that's a commercial. Yeah. I would love, you know what? You get, you get Popeye in there at the end as a, Uh as a teaser for the next one. There is, there is a world of possibilities. Uh huh. That you can do with fast food founder slash mascots. And uh-huh. Lifetime mini-movies. It's already called fan fiction. I've written the Hamburglar one. I implore you to go check it out. I was very <laughs> proud of it. It is, it is graphic. Mm-hmm. Several warnings in front of that one. <laughs> but essentially it is just fan fiction that somebody pointed out, like erotic fan fiction. And good. Let, yeah. let it see the life of day. It's more original than uh, the other shit that's coming out. Yeah, there's a bunch of garbage out there. Man, speaking of shitty movies, I uh, Katie and I are trying to get in the Christmas spirit, trying to watch uh, I saw some the Christmas movies. I saw movies. the picture of the tree on Instagram. Look nice. Yeah, it's a little too short, but uh, she, she picked it up on her way home, and she said, well, I got the short one so it'll fit in my car. And I'm like, well, you could have strapped it to the hood, like, you know, the traditional way, but she didn't want to mess with is that. It so real, we have, is it a real we have, tree? Yeah, it's a real tree. Oh. It's about uh, four foot ten. Well, but, it's, uh, but it's a real the inside of her fella. car will smell like Christmas. Yeah, you that's sell true. It Man, we watched uh, Jim Carrey and The Grinch That Stole Christmas the other night. Holy sh- man. I've seen that a few times, and every time... It seems like a good idea. Hey, it's Christmas. It's Jim Carrey. It's Dr. Seuss. Man, what a piece of shit that movie is. I don't know, and I can't put my finger on it. Well, I can, actually. I always forget, like, hey, Dave, you're watching a kid's movie. Kid's movies suck. So I guess that's it, but I don't know. I figured they could do something to some of these movies to make them a little more appealing to adults, but, man, that's tough to get through, that one. Just Jim Carrey <laughs> I think they could full do tilt. something to these kids' movies to make them more fun for me, <laughs> a grown man without children <laughs> who thinks he can wrestle wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really missing their target. What about me? Oh, man. Dave, I eat raw chicken that I find in my trunk. And I'll fight anybody. <laughs> how, how come Toy Story didn't make me cry like everybody else? <laughs> oh, man. I watched this whole movie, not one pair of tits. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, oh, shit, I was taking a sip on that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no tits in this. <laughs> this sucks. Oh, man. But, yeah, that was just tough to get through. I don't know. Jim Carrey, man. <laughs> I, I got to go back I, to the small idea doses. of a jerk in a movie theater at, like, <laughs> pick whatever just children's pick, like Moana, just yell, show your tits in the middle of it just to see how people would react. <laughs> oh, That's, God. Uh, it, on a related note, uh, years ago, whenever the Dr. Seuss Cat in the Hat what was at Mike Myers, uh, I saw that in the theater and snuck in uh, 24 ounce Coors Light and uh, just trying to do that, <laughs> you know. And uh, my girlfriend was pretty pissed. She didn't know that I had snuck in a uh, beer into a kid's movie, but you well, know, I needed something to get through yeah, it. If you're going to get arrested, make it count. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, why not? I re- why the effort to make. 
Dr. Seuss movies live action is only been I only see it as grotesque. Mm-hmm. Like I like at Universal Studios, I think they still well not this year, but around Christmas time they decorate everything like all the rides and everything for Christmas. And there's one area where it's just the Grinchland or whatever it is, and so everybody mm-hmm. working there is in makeup with the kind of muted noses, like not just face paint or anything, but like prosthetic so their noses are extra pointy and shit i was i was gonna ask you like what do you think i couldn't tell if is that an original thing there with dr seuss or is it supposed to be like influenced by a dog or a cat or a mouse what's going on with their noses and their faces i think it was just dr seuss was drawing drawing things which in the drawing made them whimsical Uh but in real life it's creepy it's should not be. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. Honestly, the creature from Splice looked like a Dr. Seuss thing. Huh. Like, but that in a grotesque way because it was CGI'd, realistic, and and horrifying. Mm. The, uh, yeah, I, the, that, the Dr. Seuss, yeah, I don't know about that. Oh, I, you know what? I, I watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Never saw that before. That's on... You never seen it? I saw it years ago. That's on our list. We're going to get to that because that's obviously such a classic. How'd you like it? Honestly, I, because I had already known about it and you already know it was like, I've already seen all the jokes about it. So there's not like, I'm not going to get, I, I know what the movie's about because of parodies and everything. So I can't be like, oh, this is cheesy. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm walking into. I'm watching It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize you've seen it already. Well, yeah, what about, what yeah, about, I'm going to spoil It's a Wonderful Life for people? No. One of the most famous <laughs> movies of all time, and I'm the last person to see it? I didn't know it was only in the last 20 minutes of this movie that's over two hours long is where he does the, oh, this is what life would be like without you. So of like a two-hour and ten-minute movie, a hundred-minute movie, only 20% of it, 80% of that movie was him... Having a shitty life. <laughs> and honestly, if you take only in the last 20 minutes, an angel say, if there's no angels, which there aren't, it would just be a guy who had a shitty life and then he killed himself. That was 80% of this movie. <laughs> and in the last 20 minutes. Merry Christmas. I think they, I think it that was supposed to be the movie and it was so dark. Like we can't do this. And like, I'll put this angel thing at the beginning uh, where they're talking to each other through the stars and then the angels at the end, he saves them. Because otherwise you could just take that out and the movie would just be the saddest thing you've ever seen. Now, is that the one, I get some of these old stories confused, but is is that the one where the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas future, or is that a completely different story? No, 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 that's a Christmas carol. A Christmas Carol, right, right. But it has an okay. element of that. It's just, it's just Jimmy Stewart, who's a f- very funny actor. Uh huh. You know, because I only know Jimmy Stewart from people making fun of Jimmy Stewart. Exactly. Yeah, that weird. Uh, yeah. Whatever that well, accent. Huh? Or... Yeah, it's like really all I kept hearing was Jeff Goldblum. I think Jeff. <laughs> I think all of Jeff Goldblum's existence has been one long Jimmy Stewart impersonation. Hmm. <laughs> But he's he's a funny actor, and there's like mm-hmm. like genuinely funny parts in that movie, especially when you think. I mean, it was made nineteen, yeah, shit, fifties maybe. 
Yeah. 53, I think. I would have. Right. Mm-hmm. a genuinely, like, a funny actor. and But, yeah, if you, you could just have that movie where it's this guy that just had made all these sacrifices for everybody around him and then had a bad day and killed himself. It's really, it's like falling down is all is just a remake of It's a Wonderful Life. If you remake falling down, but you put an oh. angel, you put an angel at the end of it where it's like, well, look what would happen if you didn't shoot up the fast food restaurant because you didn't get McDonald's. <laughs> you get an egg McMuffin. That might be a, I, I'll pitch it to Lifetime. They seem to be open to new ideas. Oh, man. That's funny. I like falling down, except for now that I live in L.A. Uh, I do this with a lot of movies. I see all the discrepancies, uh, the errors, and, and I know it doesn't really affect the narrative, but, like, there's a scene where he's, like, in Echo Park, mm-hmm. and then he's walking, and and then, like, the next thing, you know, he's in Venice. It's like, that would take nine hours oh, to walk from Echo Park When you Echo know Park the location <laughs> and those little things, yeah, bug you the wrong, bug you. It is a good little tour of... Uh, tour of los angeles so, so is i will say revisit uh, la story now that you live in la it's a, yeah. it's a steve martin yeah. movie so it's gonna be funny but then all the kind of inside mm-hmm. jokes about la you're like ah yeah yeah, yeah. Here, no i saw that a few months ago yeah tons of inside jokes here's uh, a when uh, when he's driving on the 10 and people are literally shooting at one another yeah and it's just, just normal gun and you start firing <laughs> randomly <laughs> or the the constant construction oh. the like the build, the street sign giving him the advice. Here, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We may have talked about this before on our this movie podcast that we have right now. You know, uh-huh. you know, Boogie Monster movies. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Steve Martin movies, My Blue Heaven, great movie in and of its own right. Oh yes. Did we talk about how some people look at that as a sequel to Goodfellas? I think you did mention that, but okay. refresh my memory. Well, just how Goodfellas is, yeah. you know, he's a, at the end of it, he goes into witness relocation and the true story of mm-hmm. Frank, Frank Hill? Uh, Hank Hill. Hank Hill. Hill. Oh, no, not Hank, Hank Hill. No. <laughs> you remember when, when <laughs> Hank Hill was in Goodfellas? <laughs> but, oh, I, it oh, is Henry Hill. It's sauce, Henry Hill is the guy's sauce. name. You got to stir the sauce now. <laughs> <laughs> terrible Hank Hill on Thursday, but I love the calm demeanor of Hank Hill being in all the, still being coked up in all the situations of Goodfellas. Ever since I could remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. I sell cocaine and cocaine accessories. <laughs> <laughs> no, but his name is Henry, and I never made that connection till now. It's Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, these black <laughs> helicopters are really ruining my barbecue. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> oh, my God. We are, we There's are a coming parody. up with hit after hit today. Oh, my God. Got to record more shows <laughs> sitting in the car with UPS drivers going by. Um, Always keep your mouth shut and never rat on your friend. <laughs> Oh boy! Somebody just redo the whole movie for me. <laughs> um, I watched another Christmas movie last night that I did enjoy. Um, have we ever talked about uh, not the Santa Claus, but just Santa Claus? I think it's nineteen eighty-five. John Lithgow, Dudley Moore. You ever seen that? No, one? those are too heavy, dude. Hitters, 
It's good. It's really good for a Christmas movie. I think mid-80s, um, it kind of also shows the origin story of Santa Claus. So, like, okay. and it's kind of long. It's almost two hours. But, like, the first half of the movie, it's kind of two different movies blended together. But, like, the first half is just kind of the origin story of Santa Claus and the North Pole. And Dudley Moore plays, like, the head elf, and it shows... It's just how they make all the toys and they're explaining to Santa Claus his new duties and he's got to do yeah. all this stuff. And then the, and then there's another narrative uh, set in present day or at the time present day in the 80s in New York where John Lithgow's uh, the CEO of a big toy company and he's just a, a slime ball and makes shitty toys and he's, he's going in front of Congress because mm-hmm. he's getting sued for dangerous toys and stuff. And uh, it's good. It, it's a fun little romp. It's a fun little Christmas game. It's scratch is all the Christmas itches, if you will. Like it has great costumes and just, uh, and even for back then, decent special effects of showing Santa, you know, flying around with a reindeer and stuff. Yeah, so dr- that was a fun one. Dudley just, Moore running around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Santa Claus is played by the dude who is uh, the other Big Lebowski or the other Lebowski, um, the wheelchair guy. Oh, okay. I don't know that actor's yeah. name, but he's always good when he shows up and stuff. Also, same actor plays the sheriff in my beloved The Homecoming. So the one who's going to try to track down the Robin Hood bandit who's stealing all the turkeys and hams. But we'll talk about that later. Homecoming. But uh, yeah, is good it, movie. Is The Homecoming yeah. another Christmas movie? Oh, we remember we talked about that a couple Christmases ago. I kept playing you the, the audio from it. Uh, it's the Waltons. Remember the oh, Waltons? The, Wal- the Waltons oh, Homecoming. Fuck that shit, I love man. it. <laughs> you sprang you, you and Katie some both. surprise Waltons audio on me. I'll sh- end the episode. Katie fucking hates that movie. God, I love it. Right. It's a good, she's wholesome. Right. Uh, you've never sat down and watched it. It's, if you did, well, you'd change your tune. I will not. I will not watch. I'm watch. I'm watch Colonel Sanders finally, finally be ready for the sex girls. Is what I'm going to watch. Oh, that's what I want for this Christmas. Oh man, I didn't think about that. The sexy Colonel sex girls. Sanders, big breasted sex girls. I'm excited for it, man. I think. I think this Sunday is going to be a real hit. I gotta get. I've got to change my schedule to get home in time to watch it. <laughs> I, mean, I, was like, I was gonna leave on Saturday. I'm like, I might have to leave early oh. Saturday morning to get up back to Oregon and watch it with Rachel. That is funny thinking about you speeding up the five trying to get home in time. You know what, oh, Paul Joe? You know why I'm speeding? <laughs> Sexy Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, well, we got any boogie monster related content? Got a few things here. Um, Not that we need it. It's a very special Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, going off of last week's episode, they found more uh, monoliths or obelisks or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think we're up to five now. Uh, Last week, we talked about the original one in Utah, and at the time, I think just the day before we recorded, they found another one in Romania, but they've since found another one in California, um, one in the Netherlands, and then one uh, on the Isle of of White Beach uh, Island there in the UK, but yeah, so we're up to five. 
up to five of them now. Well, because that original one in the Utah desert got taken down by some base jumpers or something. Like they came in. Do they know? Uh, they think, do they know who took it down? I think it was a group of like. I read something that was like extreme athletes, like like base jumper adventurer types, and but also uh-huh. with, they did it in the name of environmentalism. Like the fact that it was attracting so many people to this previously untouched part of the desert. Mm. Uh, so, like, I, I get it, but it also, I don't know, it seemed like these kind of some self-righteous dudes doing stuff for their own. But I, well, I read one article, so I'm not going to say I'm, I well-researched it. I, I did hear on the Stuff They Don't Want You to Know podcast, they were talking about it. And they were saying how it was... It resembled some artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, What was his name? Let me see. Yeah, um, some dude who passed away nine years ago. Yeah, and it might have been Made a lot of stuff. uh, uh, John McCracken. Okay. John McCracken. He he was a skilled minimalist artist. He died back in 2011. And uh, according to his son... Uh, his son told uh, a newspaper that his father had talked about creating art meant for remote places before his death. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, it, it, so I think it's obviously now people are just, it's a fun, like even mm-hmm. if it, like it's copycat stuff. Good. It's harmless and it's a fun thing that distracts from the shit in the world to start putting up monoliths. Yeah. You know, good the, uh, for you guys. The one in California, um, it was quickly taken down by a group of Christian conspiracy theorists who drove five hours to tear it down, and they replaced it with a cross uh, that had a quote, tell the alien overlords they are not welcome. (laughs) Those Christians not putting up with any alien shenanigans. Well, ironically enough, the article that I sent you about the Jewish... Uh, yeah. The Jewish astronauts that know that aliens exist. So, <laughs> boy, Jewish Christians, astro- you got another thing coming. <laughs> you are fighting. Oh, you yeah, are fighting story. double evil. <laughs> Former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and that Trump knows about it. This story just broke uh, yesterday. I, I could not, and I sent uh, you that link, and I could not get the link to open. It kept oh, really? locking up on my computer. Conspiracy. <laughs> Former former Israeli space security chief. Uh, I don't know. Come on, he Jews, says, you uh, control the media. Let me read it. <laughs> uh, Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation. Uh, That's what he thinks. There's a whole. Let's see here. Uh, I feel like we're throwing that term around. Let's just. Yeah, this guy's name, uh, I can't pronounce it. Uh, Hayam Ashed, okay. former head of Israeli Defense Ministry Space. Directorate, directorate. There you go, Dave. Uh, he told uh, he told an Israeli newspaper um, that uh, yeah that we've been that humans have been in contact with aliens for many years. President Trump knows about it. I I never put this together, but somebody had a tweet last week about there's no. I, I, and if I could remember, I'd give them credit. But uh, there's no no greater evidence that aliens exist that as soon as uh, Trump was shown. Uh, some of the security clearance uh, info, and he immediately was like, Space Force. So, 
the fact that Trump, uh, I, I mean, well, that. but the, the other side of the coin is you could say that there, that the president doesn't know or else Trump would have immediately spilled the beans on all that. That was, you know. yeah, Trump I've repeated Brooks Whelan's tweet of like, well, like when Trump got elected, it was like, at least we know if there's aliens this guy's going to talk about. It. And I do believe mm-hmm. the, this, <clears throat> and I, like not even just straight Trump bashing, I don't think he is capable of operating on, a, on an intellectual level that could hide that kind of information. No, yeah, agreed. Like, and that, that's not I even mean, a, I think, like, just psychologically, he's got that kind of bully mindset of, you know, I'm going to be, like, like lo, not locker room sex talk, but locker room, like, we're going to win, we're champions, we got spirit, we got mm-hmm. heart. Like, I don't think he could keep that a secret. No, I don't either. Which is why people um, like there, him as a politician, because he's not a politician, and he can't keep secrets. People hate politicians because they can lie through their teeth and be two-faced about everything, which is why the aliens, if they do exist, have been kept secret, because they tell a president, like, you know, if you tell people that there are aliens, now that we've shown you, they'll think you're crazy, you're going to get assassinated. Like, well, I'm a politician, I can keep a secret. Yeah. Theoretically, um, this is shed dude. He's a respected professor and a retired general. He said uh, aliens were equally equally curious about humanity and were seeking to understand quote the fabric of the universe. Uh, he also said uh, cooperation agreements have been signed between uh, alien species, including an underground base in the depths of Mars, where there are American astronauts and alien representatives. Hmm. So this dude is saying that there's an underground base inside of Mars and we already have American astronauts there. That's insane. Yeah. He says, uh, there's, there's an agreement between the U S government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. I mean, that, that sounds like, uh, what I was talking about a few weeks ago that, uh, I, there's so much crap I regurgitate on here. I can't retain any, any of it, but, uh, the concept that, uh, that our government is aware of it, and we signed a contract to, uh, or some sort of treaty or agreement to allow aliens to come down and abduct a certain amount uh, of Americans each year as long as they return them safely. So I wonder if that's uh, folded into what he's talking about. Um, he also added what if that they're all just plucked off. You know, what is that, Franklin conspiracy? Yeah. What if it's not just kids being put into pedo rings for government officials? What if they're just being plucked off and shipped off to Mars? Yeah, that's true. I mean, no, that's not true. I mean, that's an interesting <laughs> theory. That that's happened. true. They are in Mars. That's actually uh, is what's happening. <laughs> and Shed added that President Trump was aware of the extraterrestrial's existence and had been on the verge of revealing information, but was asked not to do so in order to prevent, quote, mass hysteria. Hmm. Hmm. This is crazy. And this dude's like, uh, he's a respected dude. This isn't just some nut job. He's, uh, he's a professor. He's a retired general. He, he's respected. He's, he, he's kind of defending himself here. He's like, I'm respected in, at universities all around the country, all around the world. Yeah, I, so, but, but, like, oh, yes, Trump won't do something to prevent mass hysteria. Look at the true. last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, not, not a fucking chance. Trump or or they or they slipped it in while also doing something that was like threatening to his ego, you know, 
Like, uh, yeah. uh, by the way, uh, aliens are real. Also, there's a piss tape out about you, and so we got to get on that. No, oh, no, they want the dossier. Like, like they slipped it in there yeah. so they can say they told him. But they de- or they put it in a briefing, which they know he doesn't read. Like, imagine having like the yeah. like um, like the, the the binder on your desk that says aliens are real. And you're like, oh, I didn't I didn't turn the page. Did I get to page four where you told me <laughs> aliens were real? Thank God. Oh man! But the space force thing that does sound curious. <laughs> of like yeah why do we need this but I, obviously not one of the more horrible ideas everybody's like space force kind of dumb but you will out you will outshine your stupidity in a matter of hours so all right fucking mm-hmm. space force i mean i've gone on record saying that that's that's at least one good thing i think trump has done i think space force is a good idea is I it really do. is it to is it still American defense against other earthly countries creating s- space stuff, or is it for aliens? Hmm. I don't. Know. I assumed it was to protect us against aliens, or if not protect, at least communicate, cooperate with, work with. You know. I guess. <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah, I, I sent that article and then I couldn't open it up. I'm like, well, come on, man. So, dude, I wonder. I mean, and we've talked about this before about disclosure, but like, it seems like it's just a matter of time before somebody in a position of power, whether it be you know Biden or a future president or someone's like, all right, listen, here's the deal. I. I do agree with the idea that that, that, that people would <clears throat> lose their shit. Not everyone, but who, I, how, and well, who would lose their shit, and, and how would that go about? I think you think uh, it, the religious uh, angle. I think uh, either yeah, religions would either get go even harder in the paint, and mm-hmm. more people would be going towards that in an extreme way. More people going the other way in an extreme way of like if there's aliens, they're gonna like might send it into chaos <clears throat> that way of like fuck this, we gotta get out of the city. Like, and we've hmm. proven that it's all you all you got to do is show one video of people fighting over toilet paper at a store in Australia, and all of a sudden the whole earth is like we all need toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And that's toilet paper. That's not even food. Mm-hmm. That's just to wipe your ass when you already have a house <laughs> with running water. Mm-hmm. And that's not like that was like people just saw that video and then the stores were empty. I mean, I'd say so, people fought over it, but people hoarding toilet paper. Like, I don't think the human race as a whole... I, not to sound like a bummer, I don't think they have like this compassionate spirit to pull everything through. But maybe it's just because I've been watching bad news instead of good news. I'm sure if you sat down and only tried to look at good news every day, you'd have a different outlook on life. So if it if it did come out that this is a scientific fact, this is proof, aliens exist, would that what would that do to religion? Let's just 
for the sake of the example, Christianity. So if aliens exist, is, is that proof that the Bible and the word of Christ and Christianity as a theory is completely false? I mean, can the two exist is what I'm asking. Well, religion has, uh, has a caveat for everything. Uh-huh. That's why I, I, I told you the joke I was making. I'm like, I don't know if I like, this is a sign. Like, I'm getting old. I thought, I thought this Pope was making some good points. Yeah, yeah. Pope was like, yeah, gay people. Well, yeah, well, I don't see the problem. And also be careful of AI. Be careful of, like, humans should always control robots. I'm like, this guy's, that has nothing to do with Jesus or anything. This guy's just got mm-hmm. much more of a relatable philosophy bent than I think other religious figureheads or other popes. Yeah. And not that I'm some, you know, scholar on Catholicism. But I bet you you're going to have, you get your Dalai Lama and get the Pope. I think those are the people who should be talking to the aliens first. Mm-hmm. You know? But again, you have no idea what, are they just going to, like if we're already talking to them, there's already some agreement mm-hmm. that, first off, we know how to communicate with each other. And they're not just like a rampant destructive force, like a, like colonial or like a colonial America or something coming to wipe out yeah. <laughs> indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Yet, at least they haven't done that yet. Maybe they're just in the yeah. early stages of like, no, it's the first Thanksgiving. You're the Indians. We're the Pilgrims. Look at us. What's more scary to you, uh, the singularity, the AI singularity, or proof disclosure that aliens exist? I'd go, I'd go AI. I, I think. Yeah. How do you build a consciousness into a, a machine? Mm-hmm. These other things, I get like we discussed. Maybe they're <clears throat> look okay. The octopus documentary. Mm-hmm. that I watched. They talk about how an octopus, like from whatever, uh, what, what, what do they call the creature that climbed out of the ooze that eventually became people, you know? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the beginning of all life. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I know <clears throat> what you're talking about. But that, the octopus still developed eyeballs on its head uh-huh. and can see and look around. And follow things, follow human beings. Now that that thing evolved in an, an entirely different way from the same glop of cells. We evolved from so did an octopus. And they talk about uh-huh. an octopus like has a brain in each arm. That's how it could figure out to open jars. It's not from looking at it, but it's from feeling it with like a different brain in each arm comprehending situations. As I was talking with my buddy Kevin on, uh, on the bike ride yesterday, since we're just slow as shit going up the hill, we just talk about stuff. I bet you, you put enough like uh, parts or whatever or something in a tank with an octopus or a hundred octopus, the whole like, uh, you know, a hundred monkeys with typewriters could write a novel if you give them enough time. Uh-huh. 
You do that with octopus, and they could come up with a, some device. Oh, yeah. But Kevin was telling me, and like also in the movie, they only live for like a year. So this hyper-intelligent oh, really? creature has such a short lifespan that maybe that's why it never gets to go past this point. That it's like, oh, I, like you know, all of a sudden it's like 11 months. You're like, I got it. And then it croaks. Wonder why they have such short lifespans. I, you know, it's, it just didn't develop some other things or the way maybe it ages. Maybe huh. it feels like 100 years. Like a tortoise can be 200 years old. Anyway, so what if aliens are just that? Whatever, you know, Big Bang meteorite smashed into Earth and blew other parts off into the galaxy. Uh-huh. And they evolved the same way. They're the humans uh-huh. and, and we're the he, octopus, you know. And the, the differences in humans and aliens could maybe be attributed to the aliens' environment, the difference in environments. Exactly. They look that way because they, they were... Yeah, they were created and evolved in space, and we're down here. And that's and that goes back to the old thing, like Earth is just an aquarium that they're observing, or now they're interacting with it more like scuba divers rather than people looking into an aquarium. Well, and I've always found it fascinating that a lot of the eyewitness reports or the abduction reports or whatever people who've seen alien claim to have seen aliens or abducted, I I found it interesting that aliens. I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say, but like the fact that they are the similarities between aliens and humans, uh, allegedly in that they have two eyes, they have a little slot where a mouth would be that maybe they have a nose, maybe they don't, but then two arms, two legs, yeah, humanoid, yeah. because I, I think, yeah, yeah, they're humanoid. I, I, I think maybe you even posed the question before, like, you know, an alien could theoretically just be a blob of goo, you know, but so many of the uh, eyewitness accounts report a humanoid figure. And that's bizarre that that we share those similarities with something that is literally alien. So meaning that maybe they spawn from a similar source. Well, it's like you look at it like, like a concept of a Russian nesting doll type thing of, you know, you got octopus in the ocean observing smaller creatures dumber than it. And then we're scuba diving in the ocean, observing the octopus. And then there's something else observing Earth, observing the person (laughs) in the ocean, observing the octopus. And then maybe there's something galactically, like everybody's made the comparison of solar systems look like atoms. You know, like you don't know how... Uh I'm sure there's a, a more intelligent scientific, like, no, the galaxy is limited and it's this big. But but I I think that they're coming here and they're trying to understand. Like, maybe they come here and it is like teaching sign language to apes. Hmm. Like, hey, oh, they're, 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 they know they can protect themselves at all costs. They can plop down here. They're never going to get caught. They'll interact if they want to. You know, it's fascinating. Like once in a while, once I, you know, you, you get somebody that gets is in a jungle and gets picked up by a picked up by a fucking uh, you know gorilla takes them and they just beat the shit out of them and then they, their bones go into the jungle floor. It's fucking yeah. straight up naked in his window out here. Close your blinds. Oh yeah. Dog. Who, who's naked? Just some dude. Uh, dude, <laughs> city living, baby. 
Oh, boy. Um, uh, speaking of aliens and stuff like that, uh, kind of a segue here. Chuck Yeager died. Not that he was an alien, but he helped train astronauts, among many of his other uh, feats that well, he accomplished. One of, the first, one of the first octopus to get out of the fish tank. To, to, to exactly. the aquarium. <laughs> first guy to break the sound barrier. Nineteen forty-seven. And, and I he read, drove his. He drove. I read he did that the, after breaking a couple ribs the night before, falling off a horse. Broke a couple. Of, fell off a horse. Yeah, him and his wife were uh, on a horseback uh, ride, and he fell off the horse, broke a couple ribs. I think he fucked up his shoulder. Uh, everybody told him, you know, dude, uh, postpone this sound barrier thing. He's like, nah, I got it, and he got it. I think. Uh, Jeez. It's not exact. It has to do with uh, the elements and the elevation stuff. But roughly, I think the speed of sound is uh, just over 700 miles an hour. How many Gs? He's the first person to do that. I, I only understand That's that if crazy. you know how many Gs it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then later, uh, he he. I guess the, the speed of sound is Mach 1. He doubled that later, Mach 2, close to 1,500 miles an hour. Could you imagine going 1,500 miles an hour? That's insane. Rappers, but he was rappers an and test dude. pilots bragging about G's, baby. <laughs> He's an interesting dude. I mean, he passed away the other day at 97. That's a long life. Um, That's a long life even when, if you didn't do shit. Exactly. Um, have you ever seen that movie, The Right Stuff? Did you ever see that? I have not, and I know that's a classic that should be on the list. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a couple times. Uh, I might have to go back and watch it uh, now that this is in the news. But um, he that, that's an interesting movie because it kind of tells the origin story of uh, of NASA and, and, and how, how they picked the astronauts. Mm-hmm. But um, he helped train the astronauts, and he very well could have been one of the first astronauts, but they wouldn't let him do it because he didn't have a college degree. Even though he was like the most <laughs> expert pilot the, the Air Force has ever seen. Uh, he was such an authority on so many things. But, uh, and he even trained his fellow uh, pilots who got into that program. Uh, but they wouldn't let him be an astronaut because he didn't have a college degree. Well, but, uh, I, 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 yeah. I bet that it's deeper than that. Because, like, not just like a guy. It's not like a, like a you know got his BA in communications or something. I'm sure it's like, oh, engineering and physics, whereas a test pilot yeah. is the guy like, I can fly the thing, but I might not be able to fix it. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, really interesting dude uh, from West Virginia, went into the Air Force as a mechanic. and uh, well, I'll eat my words right- about knowing how to fix the thing. <laughs> He uh, he went in as a mechanic right before World War II, and they wouldn't let him be a pilot uh, when he first entered because of the college degree. And uh, but when we got into World War II, those standards uh, dropped, and they were letting a lot of people in. So he became a pilot uh, after two years of uh, being in the Air Force as a mechanic. Um, shot down, killed a bunch of uh, people in World War II. Uh, I think he was one of the first people, first pilots to shoot down. An enemy plane, if I understood that correctly. He got shot down uh, over France, I believe, and uh, was just on foot for like a couple of weeks, just rummaging around France, hooked up with uh, some of the French resistance fighters, and uh, he helped them make bombs and shit. Interesting dude, man. Chuck Yeager. 
his wife, uh, unfortunate. <laughs> he named uh, that that plane he broke uh, the sound barrier with. He named it after his wife, uh, Glennis, and uh, her maiden name, uh, unfortunately, was Dickhouse. Oh, Glennis Dickhouse. <laughs> so she was eager to take his name. I'm sure. <laughs> Fucking. Weird name. No, it's hyphenated. It's 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 <laughs> Jaeger Dickhouse. Uh, this is interesting. Um, they were go- let's see. The Air Force is going to have this 50 year anniversary of uh, a flight of the uh, the Wright brothers. Whenever that was, like 1913 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the, one of his fellow pilots, this guy named Scott Crossfield, he uh, was the first to go Mach 2 okay. to double the speed of sound. So that happened uh, a few months prior to this 50 anniversary, 50th anniversary celebration, the big big anniversary celebration that the uh, Air Force had planned. And uh, they were going to honor this Scott, Scott Crossfield as the fastest man in the world because at that time he was the only person mm-hmm. to, uh, to go Mach 2. Uh, about two weeks before that, uh, Jaeger broke his record and, and spoiled the plans for old Scott Crossfield to get honored at that uh, celebration. That, so that's, pr- that's you pretty You need <clears throat> fucking psychos in science. Yeah. Now this, I, uh, full disclosures does stem from a failed bit, but it's like NASA and space exploration is this combination of nerds and jocks working together True. because the nerds have to make it, but then they just have to go. Um, yeah, this is a rocket plane, and we did all the science to make sure it works, but somebody's got to test it, and that's when you need some yeehaw motherfucker uh-huh. to be like, get me in there. That's why yeah. when dipshits make their own rocket planes. You're too much jock and not enough nerd. Yeah, you, you got to have that balance. You got the wrong bricks. You got the wrong ratio. You need like, and it's this beautiful uh, relationship of jocks and nerds. That's what I kept like. The joke was like, at, like the moon landing, like especially when it was in the Cold War, and it was this weird bragging race because it's like, all right, we're not gonna go to actual war with Russia, but we're going to do the space race thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be the first one. We're going to be the first one. And all the shit they shot up into space. And I just was like, wonder if there's a press conference where it's like all the, the actual astronaut test pilots. Like, well, we can go this fast. And Russia's like, well, we'll go this fast. And they're like, we're going to go into space. And then just the one hillbilly's like, well, we're going to land on the fucking moon. And then all the nerds are like, Why? <laughs> What did he say? Are you kidding me? <laughs> now we gotta Could figure you imagine? this shit out. <laughs> Could you imagine though, like the whole that movie I was talking about, the right stuff, like just the concept of compiling a team uh, to do something that's never been done. And they didn't when they started doing that. They didn't even know the term astronaut. Uh, they had some other term for it, but uh, but just like wait, we're gonna do what? Yeah, yeah, we're going to put you in a rocket and send you into outer space. Yeah. Okay. They didn't have a term for astronaut. They just called them dead pilots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and in the movie, they it's a pretty cool scene. They're down in Cape Canaveral, and uh, prior to that, 
prior to that, I forgot when it was, maybe early 60s, 61, 63. But prior to sending that first astronaut up to space, uh, I know we didn't get to the moon till what, 69. But they were, uh, they showed all the, there were seven of them that got selected to, to be the first crew of astronauts. And they were showing the, these rockets being tested uh, down at Cape Canaveral. And they're all and, uh, unmanned, by the way, these unmanned rockets, but a similar setup to what they would be operating in the future. But uh, all these seven astronauts are, are watching these rockets go up and uh, one after one just exploded. Just disaster after disaster. And they're all like, I'm not sure if I made the right choice by signing up for this shit. But, uh, man, just how scary must that be to be one of those first dudes doing something that's literally never been done But like, that could easily kill you? I, just, I am in awe of just the mental fortitude of te- just test pilot. Yeah. Test pilot. Think about just, think about just a taste test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about, like, put this in your mouth. Ew, gross. No, what is it? Now, take that concept, but... Uh, Go of uh, two miles in the sky with it. Uh huh. Yeah. There is a to find the mental fortitude because I think everybody who doesn't become a test pilot, like you know how like everybody just had more than one idiot in the neighborhood whose plan was to become a stuntman. Uh huh. And it's just because they like like running through fences and shit when they were eleven. Uh huh. Uh huh. But it's like. There are actual stuntmen that I uh, hope that leaf blower isn't getting it going. All right. Well, there's it's technique. It's knowing how to fall. It's it's knowing martial arts. It's no. It's there's stuff behind that. Yeah, absolutely. So whereas like everybody like I'm gonna be a test pilot, but then they're crazy. But you have to be smart too. You have to know how to fly the plane. You have to do all this other stuff. <clears throat> like that combination yeah. of intelligence and guts it yeah is that, it's incredible so rare I think about like and I don't know if this is Navy, go ahead well I was gonna say like I think about like Navy SEALs and stuff yeah when they just hear about like like just like that's how do you fit into a regular world after knowing that's who you are yeah or yeah like soldiers who've seen combat I mean, just like all the Vietnam soldiers that came yeah. back and trying to assimilate to normal life. Like, <laughs> that's got to be tough. In, uh, in the movie, I don't know if this is uh, historically accurate, but in the movie, it seemed when he broke the sound barrier, it, it wasn't like a big event per se. Like, it, it, there wasn't a lot of people there at the base mm-hmm. watching him do it. It looked like, uh, by the way, LeVon Helm, drummer for the band, is in the movie. But uh, he plays this guy named Jack Ridley. Uh, they're just, it looked like they're just tinkering around in, in one of the hangars. And he's like, hey, I'm going to take this, I think I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, he, he took the plane up and he, he broke the, the sound barrier. But it, my point is, it wasn't like a big, scheduled, elaborate thing. It was just, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll give it a shot tomorrow, see what happens. And he did it. And then they, uh, the uh, Air Force didn't release that uh, info to the public for like six months because they, uh, so yeah. they were trying to keep it on the down low because the Cold War and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's but, still uh, a military endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's pretty. And that, that all happened up at uh, Edwards Air Force Base, uh, just north of Los Angeles in the uh, Mojave. That was a man. Called something different. I remember hearing a a space shuttle go like a something broke the sound barrier. We were sitting outside having a having a dinner at like uh, was it the Neptune's Net or something up there on in like north of Malibu, you know? Uh huh. Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. And all of a sudden. This boom happened. Everybody was like, what's going on? And people were kind of freaked out. It was actually one of the yeah. employees from the restaurant. I was like, no, it was like the space shuttle was, I, if it was landing, I don't know if it would have broken the sound, but something he's like, there was an event at Edwards Air Force Base. They come through. He's like, I remember he's like, oh, cool. Okay. Have you ever seen video? There's YouTube videos of, there's a compilation of uh, different planes uh, breaking the sound barrier. And when that precise moment, when they do it, there you can actually see like a, like a little starburst or something happens uh, where it, it, look, it looks like they're going into a different dimension or something. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's more than just uh, an exhaust burst, but it, it looks like they're going through something. Yeah, it's like, it's, pushing, it's it's like pushing the atmosphere around it. Again, sorry for the mm-hmm. people that are intelligent listening to this and understanding science yeah <laughs> but yeah fascinating dude uh just to, actually made a cameo in that movie the right stuff He's think, gonna, he plays a bartender that. i'm gonna watch that it's good uh, to, yeah. just yeah uh, yeah courage and intelligence and, and, and just like the wherewithal to be going like to do that and then still competent to make the right decisions in the moment to do it correctly and safely Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah. I can't. I can't even think of anything in my life. <laughs> That's true. Like whenever I read, I don't know if it was that generation or anytime I read biographies of people from way back, it's just like, good lord! Like read Leonardo da Vinci. Read his credits. Ben Franklin. Like what the fuck? Like, I'd have to live a hundred lifetimes to achieve half of what some of these people achieve. And I know there's a short list of some of the greatest humans that ever lived, but still, it's it just makes you feel like such a piece of shit when you, when you read, you go through Chuck Yeager's biography and read all that he accomplished. It's like, uh, I've got a couple of podcasts. Well, okay, but think of it even a smaller set. Yeah, waking up with a purpose. Waking up with a purpose mm-hmm. every day. Of I'll shout out, I'll shout out Brooks Whelan again. Because I yeah. think he had an impressive story in all this quarantine. <clears throat> when I think we talked about it, <clears throat> but he took a bet mm-hmm. from Nick Turner that he could, yeah. he, he could run a marathon in under four, four and a half hours, I think. And he and and, and uh, Brooks is obviously he's in good shape. If people don't know what he looks like, I mean he's a, he's a stud. Yeah. But he wasn't like he wasn't training for it. It's not like he was an avid jogger. He was just like, yeah, I could do that. No, they got drunk, made the bet, and he did it the next day. <laughs> Hung over. That's insane. And ran the like in like four hours and sixteen minutes or something. And now he's writing an article. I think ASICS has given him a bunch of free shit, and he's going to run a marathon <laughs> with training now. But he's writing about it compared to the when he just took a hangover bet and ran. Like that is impressive to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Oh, this has been an inspirational episode, Dave. 
Yeah, man. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I think you're like, Dave, you're like the Chuck Yeager of the kitchen. That's true. You're throwing, I have you're often thought that. the wind. Uh-huh. Taking risks, <laughs> putting yourself in harm's way with some of these recipes, all for the greater good Absolutely. of society and flavor. <laughs> Speaking of uh, taking risks in the kitchen. Speaking gotta of give which a big risks. Got to give a big thank you to uh, Boogie Monster listener Chris Berger uh, from Cincinnati. He sent me a whole case of Geta. You know about Geta? I saw you posted that, and I don't know what that is. It's it's a uh, regional delicacy, uh, very popular in the Cincinnati area. It's basically like their version of sausage or, or boudin. It's uh, it's kind of like sausage. It's got like oats, like like oatmeal oats in it, and and some other stuff mm, and spices. And I had some, and it's 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 good. It's good. <laughs> It was solid. But he sent me like six pounds of this shit. Jimmy Dean, fuck off. We're putting other breakfast in the sausage. <laughs> you want eggs? It's oh, in the man. sausage. That's right. We'll put pancakes in there, waffles, all kinds of shit. But yeah, uh, shout out to Chris Berger for sending me about a year's supply of Geta. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled G-O-E-T-T-A, but I think the pronunciation okay, is yeah. Geta. And I... I'd never even heard of it till recently. So. Where is it from? Uh, Cincinnati. I think it's a big, big thing in Cincinnati. Ah, I'm sure. They like you putting know. cinnamon in their chili there. Yeah, yeah. They like putting it's cinnamon in their chili. chili. They put on spaghetti there. <laughs> I man, a lot of people don't like that, but boy, I, I got no problem with skyline chili. I, I don't. Eat, I liked it too, but it is like a big plate of drunk leftovers. Oh yeah. I got this and I got this. How about we make it this? Okay, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anything to plug? What's going on this week? Nothing. I'm Nothing. Sitting in, the, sitting in the creep strangler out here. I'm going to go fall <laughs> down the hill a little bit more. It is, it is uh, dry and loose. I was getting used to just sitting in the mud in Oregon. So down, down here, it's like... Yeah. Uh, Charlie, Ooh, man. It's, it's like when you throw a cornmeal on the pizza paddle so the crust slides off. That's what it's like riding bikes out here when it's this dry. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's, okay. like it's like hard ground underneath it with just loose little gravel on top. So it is a, it is a slippery ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on, man. Yeah. Charlie's losing his shit over here. Katie just got home. Oh, it's all right, buddy. Charlie, it's it's Charlie okay. Excited to see the people who feed him. He, yeah, he's a uh, he's a high strung little bastard. The guy walking corgis over here. What's your opinion on corgis? I got no problem with a corgi. They're cute. Got that corgi butt. Oh. A fat ass, like a fat ass on a little short dog. Speaking of fat ass, Charlie looks like a goddamn Polish sausage. He's blowing up. I'm going to get him on that treadmill. You chug we got him a little Christmas sweater. <laughs> he's so tight. Is he bursting the buttons on it? Yeah, just about. All right. He's, he's when, stressing it. One of these corgis did just do the shake off in the butt. Wow. I, the legs seem like... It looks like somebody cosmetically amputated the dog. <laughs> yeah, they're they're low to the ground. Like it, Thick. It'd be a good dog if it had longer legs. 
Mm-hmm. You know, people crop the ears on pit bulls. I'm gonna get corgi. I'm gonna I'm gonna lengthen their legs. I'm gonna extend their legs. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'll extend their legs. That and my other business where I'll reclaw your cat because people thought it was it, it's inhumane to declaw cat. I'll reclaw it mm-hmm. with whatever oh kind of claws you want. I'll put I'll put eagle tail. <laughs> I'll put a, I'll put iguana claws in there. I'll put eagle talons in there. Oh man. That's funny. Uh, All right, buddy. I got to go eat lunch. Oh, yeah, lunch. I forgot. All I did was have candy today. Yeah. Maybe that's why I feel like shit. Maybe it's not the dry air (laughs) and the pollution, but maybe it's because I had sour patches from Halloween that I took in the car with me for breakfast. (laughs) What a fucking jerk. Oh, man. (laughs) Hey, this was a fun one. I sure hope the audio quality doesn't suck shit. Eh, hopefully not. Right. Will you be safe driving back to Oregon, buddy? I will, man. I I, I I will, and this was fun. And you tell the missus I said hello, and we, we're not on a, we're not on a Christmas hiatus yet. We're gonna get more episodes out. Sorry, this was late. Oh yeah, sorry, this was late. I was we got uh, a couple. I was dead to the world. Well, no, Monday I was dead. Was when we normally record, and then Tuesday yesterday got all packed up with stuff. So appreciate your patience. No problem, buddy. Anything for our old friend Kyle. Yeah, well, you gotta, you gotta keep these people happy out there. They're savages. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Sounds good. The Boogie Monster. Network.